0: You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. The dog days, the dog days of summer. We all thought it was a joke. We all thought, man, we'll probably find something to talk about. It is not a joke. It is not a myth. The dog days of summer are truly here and the Eagles are doing nothing. No signings, no trades, not even gossip, not even gossip. We got rumors and stuff and, and trash talk and stuff of that nature but man as far as team movement goes they are quiet on that front and that is probably a good thing you don't want a lot of news circulating your team you don't want to be in the center of the drama so probably the eagles being boring is a new thing steven i think that is a uh, a enticing thing especially after all the recent uh, drama this team went through now that you have your quarterback locked in place your roster is pretty much set and it's just full steam ahead on trying to get back to super bowl I guess that is a, uh, a good thing. Maybe we shouldn't be uh, complaining about that. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Philly Pod, brought to you by TheLibertyLine.com. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social platforms over at The Philly Pod. If you're new to the podcast, I appreciate you guys for taking a listen. Be sure to subscribe. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Anywhere else you get your shows, if you enjoy it, please rate us five stars. Leave a nice review. It helps us move up the charts of uh, football podcasts, NFL podcasts, Eagles podcasts. Everything of that nature helps us with more exposure, helping the show get discovered. So appreciate you guys for doing that. Joining me as always, be sure to follow him on all socials at Stephen Conrad Jr. Go bother him on the internet. He is Stephen Conrad Jr. I know this is not the most exciting time of the year, Stephen, but I do appreciate you at least. Showing up for these shows weekly, I know it's a tough task to get up here and talk for 30 to 40 minutes, but we do it. We do it. How's it hanging over there, buddy? Well, mm-hmm.
1: you mentioned, you know, quite boring times right now in general, uh, and it's probably a good thing that the Eagles are boring or not mm-hmm. doing anything newsworthy, whatever you want to say. To be honest, maybe I'm selfish. I'm sure there's some fans out there that would agree with what I'm about to say. I kind of wish they would do something because I really don't want to have to sit here. And in the minimal time I spend every day just trying to catch up and refresh myself in the beautiful world of Philly sports, mm-hmm. uh, my timeline is flooded with Tobias Harris trade scenarios and just outlandish stuff from that organization that is just toxic and will continue to ruin the lives of... Basketball fans in, in in the city, so uh, Howie wouldn't mind if you did something.
0: Yeah, we need to divide divert attention away from the Sixers organization. The Phillies are are, are getting hot. I think they're thirteen and four. Uh, and they're in the last stretch of the game, so at least they're getting hot at the right time. So at least the Phillies, you know, maybe they'll be exciting by the time August. Right time September we just take a vacation, out. man. Yeah, yeah, it's about that time. It's about that time that they they do so. The team is obviously on a vacation and things like that, but there are. At least rumors of what the Eagles should be doing. And we're going to dive into all of that. Now, Steven, if you were, well, I know you were, not going to say if, <laughs> a part of Eagles' Twitter back in 2020, then I'm sure you remember the Yannick and mm. Gakwe watch that we were all, yeah. remember he wanted out? He was disgruntled in, uh, in Jacksonville. Remember he and now AEW founder Tony Khan were like arguing on Twitter, going back and forth oh, of on Twitter. Course, remember of that? Of course. Of course
1: he was. That guy's a dork. <laughs>
0: They were all, the dudes cracked out more more like it. But he wanted out, and Philadelphia was listed as a prime destination for his services. And Gawkway teased coming to Philadelphia, he was putting things on IG stories, talking about Brian Dawkins and the Vulture and all of this and that. And you know how we get The minute we see an inkling of anything on social media, we grab onto it, we assume he's coming. And despite those teases, a trade never came. A trade never materialized, and he was eventually dealt to the Minnesota Vikings. And now three years later the Eagles just might, just might have another chance because we all know Howie Roseman is never satisfied with the roster. <laughs> no matter how much talent lives on it, last year he made the trade for Gardner Johnson just days before the week one matchup. And uh, he's known for making moves and trying to solidify this roster regardless of how finished some people may think it is. And according to ESPN insider Field Yates, who recently released a piece detailing roster moves that each team should make this offseason, he listed one move That every team needs to make this offseason. And he said, Yannick Ngakwe is a move that the Eagles need to make. This is Perfield Yates on ESPN.com. He says, I know the Eagles have a premier pass rush and use their second first round pick on Nolan Smith to further that. But let's get greedy as it pertains to a top Super Bowl contender. Waves of depth are essential for a pass rush in the NFL. And Ngakwe is a sack specialist who can provide Philly what it felt Robert Quinn would bring when they acquired them last offseason. And, Gok- and Gokwe won't exactly come cheap but do you think I'm worried about the Eagles finding a way to make a move work under the salary cap he had nine and a half sacks and 29 pressures last season with the Colts now Steven something should be mentioned that he has spent his seven he's only 28 years old but he has spent time with five teams in seven years so it seems like he wears out his welcome you know wherever he goes uh, especially of a player of, of that much talent he has 65 sacks. 135 QB hits and 21 forced fumbles in his seven-year career. But when you bounce from team to team, uh, you know you're led to believe like something's what's wrong with him as a person. Like what kind of impression is he leaving on coaching staffs and the locker room? So something should be made of note of that. But we all know how uh, how strong the culture is in Philadelphia. So maybe that isn't going to be an issue. Um, I think he wants a deal. It's reported he wants a a pretty substantial deal. I think he's asking for roughly eight to ten million dollars. Um, the Eagles have about 14 as it stands today, so keep that in mind. Um, is Yannick Ngakwe a move you want, Steven? Did you want it three years ago? Did do you want it today? Of where I are did. you? I where feel are like you? we
1: lacked, you know, supreme talent at the edge rusher spot. Of course, I wanted it. I mean, he's a very productive player. Um, personally, I feel like I think we would all agree. I feel like he hasn't really panned out the way that we thought he was going to be. It felt like he was going to be like literally one of the best pass rushers in the league. I'm not really sure where you put him now. He kind of
0: is. He kind of is
1: from a production standpoint, anyway. Yes, I mean, just seems like a lot of money, especially when we have other holes, especially on the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at linebacker. I'm looking at safety. Still,
0: still looking at safety. Um, I and to be honest, be looking at the come, I don't think any safety moves are happening anytime soon. Mm, well, brace yourselves.
1: <laughs> well, linebacker would probably. I don't know. But look, this uh, is probably something that would cost too much. Um, it feels like a major, major premium. I mean, this reminds me a lot like when we were, uh, who was it? Was it a wide receiver we were talking about not too long ago? What was it? Was it DeAndre Hopkins we were, we were sitting here talking about literally hey, like yep. a month ago? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like that, although maybe you could argue this would be a better move just because of the position he plays and everything like that. And. But I don't even know where he fits in into this rotation. Like, wh- who would he play over? I was really intrigued to see some of these young guys really get a chance to come in here and play. Uh, you know, and for all those reasons, I just don't know if it makes sense, and I just don't know if I see how he paying him. You
0: mentioned how much you said, like he's looking for twelve million a year. He's seeking a contract worth eight to ten million dollars a year. Broncos signed Frank Clark for five and a half million. The Bills signed Leonard Floyd for seven million. So you got to think that's the ballpark. Ngakwe is probably going to uh, to uh, to land on. To your point, as far as rotations concerned, I know Very what you do. Though I mean, you bring him in, you know what you do. Derek Barnett is off the team. Get him off the team. I'm surprised oh, wow. he's still here. I know, I know for a fact from people I talk to fairly close to the organization that they're higher on Derek Barnett than we are as fans. So the the team does want to keep Derek Barnett around. But I figure you bring in Ngakwe, you have uh, Hassan Reddick, you have uh, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, figure out how you're going to have your edge rush rotation. Nolan Smith, Brandon Graham said he's fully all right with losing snaps to Nolan Smith. I'm sure that um, that is going to be the precedent. Uh, you bring in a guy like Ngakwe, I think that kind of pushes Derek Barnett you know, out the bubble. But I know the team likes Derek Barnett, so maybe that's not in the, in the cards. But you know how they prioritize edge rushing. You know how... Uh, the Eagles' long-standing philosophy of building inside out goes, so it wouldn't shock me if they made another move along the defensive line, add more reinforcements, because they want to get to the quarterback. I'm sure Howie. And, and Sean decide to this point, has watched enough film on that Super Bowl, and I'm sure Howie has made it clear that what happened to us in that Super Bowl and what Patrick Mahomes did to us, although he is Patrick Mahomes, I don't want this to happen again. We have to get to the quarterback. I don't care how many good players we need to bring in. I don't care how much money we need to spend. We need to get to the quarterback. I don't care about field positions. We need to get him on the ground because that is what essentially cost us this game.
1: Mm. Well, a lot of people are saying, again, this is on paper that uh the eagles may have the best defensive line in the entire nfl heading into this season and Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if i agree with that we'll see um i definitely think one of them on paper heading into the season um and i really don't want to be this guy but i find myself having to be this guy okay Mm -hmm. there's a lot of unknown on this defensive line can i just say it Uh, Jordan Davis has a lot of expectations this season. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, I'm not saying whether he's going to meet them or not, but I'm just saying he hasn't met them yet. Mm -hmm. It all lies on him. This is like his, this is like his, uh, Jalen hurts sophomore year from the defensive tackle position. Will he take the jump now that he's being thrown into the fire once he's, he's going to be getting a higher snap count. And obviously, you know, Jalen Carter's a rookie, so we have to be fair on him and even Nolan Smith like we're hearing all great things this is how it always is it's how it always is but at the end of the day we need to find out are they going to take the leap are they going to be everything that we think that they can be all these players and i'm looking at Jordan Davis specifically i'm just going to be 100% honest with you man
0: you know who you know who i think is a is a uh, underrated man in that in the middle of that defensive line i think Milton Williams is going to show a lot this year uh he's a guy that tested as we all know tested like Aaron Donald in the during mm-hmm. the combine and all this, and of course Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter get all the attention because they're the Georgia stars. But I think Milton Williams is going to show a lot. I liked what he showed in run defense last season. I think he got after the quarterback and applied pressure fairly well. And I'm intrigued to see what he does along that defensive line. But I do agree with their points. This is going to be a substantial jump for Jordan Davis from Yeah. Going- like I'm
1: not ready to just like crown these guys. The like you got to go out there and earn that. You know, he's going. I know he's gonna we're go coming playing- off a year where. We just led the NFL in sacks, but like, you know, we got some new guys now and let's, let's see, let's find out new. He's going to go from playing
0: 26% of the snaps to, I'm sure 75% Jordan Davis. And they're going to expect, they're not going to just have him in there on, on, uh, you know, early rundowns. I'm sure they're going to expect him to be in there for passing downs as well. So that'll be a, uh, they're going to put a lot on his plate. We'll see how he responds to it. So good point. Uh, There, But, yes, Yannick Ngakwe, fun name. It's fun to come full circle after the three years last year of the the whole uh, social media fiasco when he finally forced his way out of Jacksonville. And uh, had a good year last year with the Colts, and we'll see where he ends up if it is not in Philadelphia. Uh, As far as NFC East gossip goes, Stephen DeMarcus Lawrence, Cowboys (laughs) pass rusher, he recently appeared on uh, a podcast with Rob a good friend of mine. Rob Motty, who does a very good job of covering the NFL for the Associated Press. He spoke with Demarcus Lawrence and Marty asked him, do you feel like there's a gap between yourself and the NFC leading Philadelphia Eagles? Lawrence responded, I don't feel like it's a huge gap at all. It feels like it comes down to certain details, not just the scheme, but also your locker room. I feel like through this time right now, when we're headed to training camp, that we made those adjustments, we learned those different things that we need to learn about our teammates so we can fully function the way we should out there on the field. Let it be known, DeMarcus Lawrence does virtually nothing against Lane Johnson. Zero pressures, zero sacks, doesn't do a whole lot up against Lane Johnson. But for a Cowboy who has four playoff wins since 2000, mind you, Dallas Cowboys, four playoff wins total since 2000, to say to a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who is second in the NFL and playoff wins since 2000 only to the Patriots. And you're going to say, I don't feel like there's a huge gap between us and the team that went to a Super Bowl last year when we don't even know how to beat the 49ers. We keep losing to the 49ers Mm. in the playoffs, but yet DeMarcus Lawrence says there's no gap. So your thoughts, Steven.
1: (laughs) He's supposed to say that, but at the same time, I'm really tired of hearing these Cowboys players with these (laughs) platforms. and, And I get it. I mean, it's, it's great media. It's a great, it's a great strategy, great strategy. Um, but we'll see, pal. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, we keep taking care of business. Um, our players can go out and say whatever they want now. They've earned that right. Our quarterback yeah. has certainly earned that right. And he ain't saying a damn thing. He's mm-hmm. in the lab, and the yep. same same with a lot of the other players on this team. You know, um, they've they've earned they've earned the right. You know, um, and I just feel like sometimes, and honestly, I'm not I'm not even being biased, being an Eagles fan saying this. I just get the vibe that Dallas Cowboys fans and players alike. And even the media to a certain extent, they got this like chip on their shoulder and it's like, you know, maybe your team should probably win first before you like carry this like attitude around or something.
0: Like Yeah, let's win a playoff game. How about we do that? Let's start with a yeah, playoff just, games before you try to say how big the gap is between yourself and a person that was literally uh one half away from winning the Super Bowl. So how about we don't Go ahead and do that. I think the Cowboys should be more concerned about the Giants. To be honest, the Giants might be the second best in the division if the Cowboys don't watch it. Now, I do think the addition of Stefan Gilmore will help them. I think Diggs and Gilmore is a very good uh, cornerback tandem. If Gilmore shows, you know, if he doesn't, you know, how corners can fall off that cliff. We talk about the age all the time with Slay and Bradbury. Gilmore is not uh, a young whippersnapper either, so <laughs> we'll have to see how he uh, how he plays in that defensive scheme as well. And I think the addition of Brandon Cooks is a good one as well. Now, you should have never got rid of Amari Cooper. They were they, they didn't want to pay him $20 million a year, and then they turn around and acquire a quarterback worth just as much in Brandon Cooks. But I do like Brandon Cooks. 6,000-yard seasons, he's been catching passes from nobodies on the several teams that he's been on. But I do like what he brings. I think he'll mesh well with C.D. Lamb as well as Michael Gallup. Uh, so a couple of things to see there. Tony Pollard is now the lead back. We'll see if Zeke finds his way back or not. Uh, but uh, we'll Sorry. see how Dallas goes. At the end of the day, it's all Dak Prescott. It's all on Dak yeah, Prescott. Yeah, that's, that's why I
1: just made that noise. <laughs> that's try, I literally flipped. couldn't hold it in anymore. I'm just sitting here literally there turning red. It's
0: like, oh, my God. Like, it, like how
1: much help does this guy need? Like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. What and year Dak is it? Prescott. He's going into his eighth year. Eighth year. And, and everybody always, of- everybody's always like, how much help does Jalen Hurts need? Just throw that out. Like, forget it. How come the second year he's the starter, he carries the team to, well, you know, the team was great all around, Mm -hmm. but they get to the Super Bowl and literally just lose to the Chiefs by one possession, the Kansas Mm -hmm. City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So, like, you want to sit here and we want to nitpick and make context and stuff like this. At the end of the day, Dak Prescott... Has been in the league like seven, eight seasons, whatever it's been. Jalen Hurts got more done in one season than Dak Prescott has his entire career. He finished second in MVP voting. Mm -hmm. All while still being on his rookie deal. Dak Prescott got paid, and he still can't achieve anything. What are we talking about? He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones drafted him CeeDee Lamb. I I can't (laughs) even remember. Did they go up and trade up to get him when we wanted him? Like He did everything he could. He had that uh, top two offensive line in the league literally before he even put that ugly helmet on his head. He walked into that situation. So you can sit here and pretend, oh, everybody's against Dak Prescott. Everybody's against Dak Prescott. He's just not that good. Sorry, he's he led Cousins. the
0: He led the league in interceptions last year while missing time. You can't miss time and still lead the league in interceptions. That is not how you become a bona fide quarterback in this league. And on top of that, Dak Prescott has two playoff wins in his career. That's the same as Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, who is no longer in the league, I don't think, unless he's on a roster somewhere, but this man has the same amount of playoff Blake. wins. I don't understand. F- nice first of watch. all, Dak is ass. I couldn't get the one episode without without clicking that. I'd rather really <laughs> have Tony Romo
1: if I'm being 100% first, honest. First of
0: all, the Dak is ass. ass.
1: Where do hey, you man. stand on that debate? On where? Tony Romo versus Dak Give Prescott. Give me Tony Romo over Dak Prescott.
0: Uh Yeah. Yeah. I, I still remember the Tony Romo versus Peyton Manning, like that legendary match when Peyton was on the Broncos and they each put up like 50 points. It, it was crazy. But Romo pissed me off growing up, but I liked mm. what he... You know, did for the we Cowboys. We took care of
1: him a handful of times.
0: It's but, at the point yeah. now, like, I used to, like, somewhat be like, I don't want to, like, I used to be somewhat worried of Dak Prescott because I was like, he's a good quarterback. But after last season, I don't think, I don't know what to expect from him. I'm definitely not as scared. Well, I don't want to say scared. Definitely not as worried about him as I was in previous years. But it also all, just feels like Dak is ass. Exactly. God, I hope Shady gets that job. But anyway,
1: (laughs) it feels like. Has he had his first um, audition yet? No? I don't know. I think they might be on vacation now as they're figuring all that out. But um, first of
0: all, Dak is ass. I don't know,
1: man. I I I feel like that team just cares about beating us. Like we are the Super Bowl to them. Yeah, that is true. That is true.
0: They're literally building their team to beat us. I mean, Dak was fighting for his life against Gardner Minshew for Christ's sake. Like this man was, Gardner Minshew had this man on the on the rails, and man, it was that is that is. And then you saw how they treated. Remember the the final regular season game a couple of years ago when they put oh, up that fifty was points, so that and Dallas was so fans cringe. just screaming about that for two years. We beat up. we. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to hear it, man. Win a playoff game, and then you can compare yourselves to the Philadelphia Eagles, especially you, Demarcus Lawrence, who can't do anything against Lane Johnson. So I definitely don't want to uh, hear from you as well. And your oh. best
1: player on that roster flirts and and wears our jerseys and attends yeah, our yeah, basketball Parsons, games. Yeah. Like it's a it's a tough time to be a Cowboys fan. I'm sorry for you people. Not really.
0: Sure is. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Especially when yeah you got to look up at us in the division. More NFC buzz. T.J. Edwards earned himself a three-year, nineteen and a half million dollar deal with the Chicago Bears after having a good year with us last year. He is on the record on Sirius XM Radio comparing Jalen Hurts to Justin Fields, saying he can see some similarities. When he appeared on Sirius XM Radio, he was asked, obviously, about the similarities. He said one thing with Jalen was he was always just kind of calm and collected. That's why we looked to him so much, just because he was always that calming factor. You do see similarities with Jay Fields. He doesn't seem to get rattled out there in terms of when we're mixing up looks on him and stuff like that. Just from what I've seen with my first year, him just throwing the ball, dude's got such a strong arm, and he's been very accurate just about the entire OTAs and minicamp. It's exciting to see, especially since he doesn't really add in the like factor when we're just in helmets and things like that. I'm really excited to play with a guy like that, a guy who can make all the plays, who can also lead this team. He is definitely the guy, so it's exciting to be around No doubt. That is TJ Edwards speaking on Justin Fields and the contrast to uh, Jalen Hurts. Keep in mind, Justin Fields only had two games last season where he threw for over 200 yards. (laughs) Not his fault. Not his fault. Not much receiving talent on that roster. They did bring in Claypool halfway through the year last season. And Chicago, he gave Chicago enough hope for them to trade the number one overall pick and hold on to Justin Fields and bring in DJ Moore to give him a true number one receiver. We all saw what that did for Jalen Hurts. They're hoping for similar results with Justin Fields. Steven, your thoughts on TJ Edwards going to bat for his new quarterback and saying he could possibly be the next Jalen Hurts.
1: Slow down. I'm a
0: Justin Fields fan personally, by the way. Yeah.
1: I mean, I <laughs> made a video on our YouTube channel about him not too long ago, but man, mm-hmm. everything you said, I agree with. Um, but man, that's, you know, that's certainly some quite the comparison, you know, I'm, the second best quarterback in the entire NFL. To be fair, uh, he was
0: asked. He was asked. Like they asked him, like, do you see any you know comparisons? And it's a fair one, especially when you look at the jump that Jalen Hurts made from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. So
1: the, the the stars are certainly in alignment for him to make a jump. Let's just please just 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 be careful. That's all with what we're saying. But as all the talent in the world, I mean, Eagles fans, you might get mad at me. He has a lot more talent than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is man, he does he dude? Whoa he, whoa whoa. Oh, maybe not a lot more. He's ser- yeah, he's let's more relax. talented than Jalen, but Jalen, that you never heard the saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard.
0: Oh, I do like that. I do. Like, feel, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So I'm say, not saying, so and, and, like, and,
1: and you know, you get into this whole conversation. It's like, ah, oh, well, you know, Justin Fields is a hard worker too. Yeah, but he's not Jalen Hurts who shows up to the practice facility or whatever it is at like 6 a.m. and doesn't leave till 9 p.m. every night. There's levels to this.
0: Who was the last Ohio State quarterback to be remotely successful in the NFL? Was it Terrell Pryor who eventually converted to wide receiver? <laughs> Remember we wanted him during the Alshon <laughs> stuff? And so it was like Alshon and Terrell Pryor. Didn't he Pryor. have
1: like a ginormous like jump? Catch against us one game too.
0: Do you remember? He had, that? A, he had one amazing year with the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, and we almost we almost signed him because of that one year, and he didn't do anything after that. So thankfully, we signed Alshon, and he helped us to a uh, Super Bowl. But of course, Thanks Justin God, Fields electric. man. He had that electric run against us. Remember uh, mm-hmm. uh, last last season? How could I forget? Justin Fields led all NFL quarterbacks in rushing with one thousand one hundred forty three yards last year, becoming just the third QB in NFL history to rush for a thousand yards in a single season, with Lamar Jackson. And Michael Vick. So if they can help him throw the ball, like I hmm. said, only eclipsed 200 yards passing just twice last year. It's kind of not great when you're a quarterback. There's a lot <laughs> of other know. factors that go That's into this. That's what I'm saying. That's right. All they had—it's like, obviously Darnell a, a Mooney. side-by-side,
1: side-by-side QB comparison, but you got to consider like the offensive coordinator, the scheme, all that stuff.
0: All they had was Darnell Mooney, and uh, they had—they have a good tight end. What the hell's his name? Who's—who's uh, uh, who's the tight end there? I do like wow. him. I, f- I forget his name. Uh, Aren't their final.
1: backs good, or they—they they got rid of? him? I don't really Where know what their offense the... I don't think their
0: offensive line is very good though. No, no, well, that the whole offense wasn't wasn't good. Cole Komet. That's what I'm thinking of. I ah. like Cole Komet. They brought in Robert Tunyon too. Okay, they got some guys over there. Who's the running back? Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert. That's what you're thinking mm. of. Khalil Herbert. And uh David Montgomery just walked. He just yeah. went to Detroit. Uh yeah. but yeah, they got some pieces there. We'll see what what they make of Justin Fields. But I guess good on TJ Edwards for going to bat. For his new quarterback i kind of hoped we could have brought him back uh, i figured we were going to bring one of kaiser white or tj edwards back we brought back neither so mm. uh good for the eagles but edwards is from chicago we expected him to probably return back home it is what it is speaking of the linebackers on the philadelphia eagles steven the linebacker group for the eagles was nearly placed dead last in pff's latest power <laughs> rankings <laughs> i can't do it pff's reasoning on the Eagles linebacker corps being ranked so low, they said it will be hard to judge the Eagles linebackers until we see them in action. Last year's starters, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, left in free agency and left the Eagles with a huge hole in the middle of their defense. Nicholas Moreau enters the fold as the only player with significant experience, but he's graded above 54.0 in just one of his five seasons in the NFL. Former third-round pick Nicobe Dean looks to establish himself as the new leader of Philadelphia's defense. There are concerns about his small stature and health in a full-time role, but the Eagles won't know what they have until he plays. Dean put up first-round production in college, so he'll aim to prove the doubters wrong while playing alongside several former Bulldog teammates. So, uh, (laughs) your take on the linebacker. I'm I'm willing to – I'm like 90% sure the Eagles are going to bring in another linebacker. We'll do an episode later on. Uh, either, what's say Thursday, either early next week, we'll figure it out before we, before we go away on, on vacation. We'll talk about some of the linebackers I have my eyes on as far as potential targets that the Eagles will bring in because I refuse to believe that Nicholas Moreau and the Dean are like your answers. Even if one of them gets hurt, like now I'm hearing from from other sources that like Christian Ellis could potentially start. Like I know he's had impressive OTAs, but like if Christian Ellis is starting, we are, we are not in a good spot. So I need to figure out who are the other line. I know Quan Alexander's out there. There's some other names out there that the Eagles could probably bring in for some experience and they're going to need it because Kaiser White and TJ Edwards did hold down the fort especially in pass coverage. We got used to good linebacker play after watching subpar play with Nate Gary and Alex Singleton and guys who couldn't remotely even keep up with receivers and tight ends, let alone break up passes. But, uh, Stephen, your take on the linebacker position. I know you're worried about safety, but, shit, linebacker's a, a bigger problem, I think.
1: Well, obviously, um, not very uh, encouraging to be ranked dead last. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would you know, before we even dove into the Nagakwe stuff earlier in this episode, like, you know, linebacker was the first position I named that you should address if you can via trade, free agency, whatever. But, you know, uh, this feels a lot, it's not directly similar, but it's, 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 it's similar to Jalen Hurts uh, entering, well, maybe Jalen Hurts entering his first year as a starter, where, you know, you can't get too mad at the media for ranking us as low as we are at that position because we're banking. And that's in that scenario, we are banking on the development of Jalen hurts in this scenario. We're banking on the development of Nekobe Dean. You know, Mm -hmm. how good can he be? I don't know. Um, I think even if they don't make a move to improve that position group, I think if he develops into a, a solid player, I don't think we'll be ranked, you know, dead last. Uh, and obviously like, you know, this team, regardless of that, we expect them to be able to, um, you Know, mask make it. another push for the Super Bowl,
0: yeah. Probably potentially, mask. they have a strong secondary still. While their corners are, the defensive line is still strong. Uh, if you had to guess, the Eagles are ranked 31st. If you had to guess, who do you think is the dead last team on this list?
1: <laughs> First linebacking group in the NFL,
0: Bobby Wagner just left them. I'll give you that hit. Oh, Seattle. No, the Rams, he just went back to Seattle. The Rams, he uh, was on the Rams. Remember, he signed that crazy contract with the Rams, and I think he saw the writing on the wall with the, where the Rams are headed and he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sticking around for this. And now he's back home with Seattle. I believe, uh, yeah. I think that's what he ended up doing. Uh, so yeah, the they Rams... are a
1: sleeper team in the Who? NFC. Who? Seattle.
0: Oh, uh, oh not yeah. The Rams. Not Good Lord. I thought you were no. saying the Rams. I was like, damn, uh, uh yes, yeah, Seattle. Oh my God. I love everything Seattle did this off season between the draft uh, bringing in um, Zach, Char- people were giving me flack about liking the Zach Charbonnet move, but that's a good one-two punch they have there with Kenneth Walker. You bring in Jackson, Smith, and Jigba to play with DK Metcalf. you got Tariq Woolen now paired with Devon Witherspoon. You're hoping Geno Smith continues to show you what he did last year. I like Seattle as as the biggest threat to the Eagles, honestly, in the mm. NFC. We'll do an episode on, on biggest threats to the Eagles. Um, Niners fans on. aren't going to love that. Seattle, give me Seattle over the or Niners. Dallas please. When I when the Niners figure out who's playing quarterback, it's probably going to be Mac Jones. I'm telling you, they're trading for Mac Jones. At yeah, because at point the end of the day, no matter season. how good Brock Purdy is or whatever, like there's still the fact that they don't seem
1: 100% committed to him. There's that 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 idea still it's, is looming. It's because the they air.
0: traded up and they traded up for Trey Lance. They traded everything for Trey Lance, mm-hmm. and now if this kid is isn't even able to stay on the field. Now you have Brock Purdy here. I think they end up with Mac Jones somehow, some way. Yeah, feel yeah it feels gonna like gonna
1: a tense environment, doesn't? And if it's almost like there's too much pressure, I don't think it's everybody.
0: healthy. I don't think it's healthy. Yeah. Might be as healthy as it was when Winston, Jalen Hurts were here <laughs> and all <of> that, <laughs> all that stuff. Do you remember the story when Jalen Hurts thought he was going to be a Steeler? Uh, when he said I, he saw, I he saw the like two one five number. He thought it was Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh mm. had already picked, and then it was the Eagles. And he was like, "We had one interview, but I had no idea I was coming to Philadelphia." Mm. Wow, and that was that was crazy. So there's your tidbit. Jalen Hurts was almost a Steeler, guys. There's your tidbit of the show. Any final points, Stephen? We had some some things to talk about here to go over. Yannick Ngakwe, maybe he finds his way after all this time. He finds his way back. See, linebackers are ass. Eagles need to find a way to make it happen. First, first of all, Dak is ass. Demarcus Lawrence needs to remember that simple fact right there. Dak is still ass, and so on and so forth. Any final moments uh, before we put a bow on this one, Stephen?
1: I wish I had something for you guys, but, uh, you know, <laughs> And just enjoy yourselves, enjoy you know, the holidays a coming up, be safe, and uh, I really, really, really look forward to the Eagles season, I really do, as much as, you know, uh, NBA draft is tonight, uh, mm-hmm. I to talk about it, the B-Low. Phillies are turning it around, whatever, we're the Philly pod, we're Eagles fans, the city runs through the, through the goddamn football team, and it always will, alright? Correct, correct.
0: Always does. And
1: somebody during this era that exists right now needs to deliver a championship to the city. We are so freaking close, it feels like. We're so close.
0: They just did it four years ago, five years ago, whatever. You nah, mean, like, this
1: is a new era. <laughs> new 2020
0: was a was a new era. Until the Sixers get out the second round, the Eagles are all we got. Maybe the Phillies figure the it Phillies, out. The Phillies, like, come on. F- figure it out. Get some pitching. We'll start there. Get some pitching. Nolan's okay. Wheeler's really good, but they, they need to figure it out. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this edition of the Philly Pod. Uh, Be sure to follow on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Rate, subscribe, uh, leave those reviews, all that fun stuff. Follow me, Victor Williams, over at the Philly Pod. Be sure to do that on all socials. We'll be back next week to talk about some linebacker targets, biggest threats to the Eagles in the NFC and whatever else the Eagles decide to do between now and training camp before training camp begins on July 25th. We will catch you guys on the next one. Enjoy your summer. We'll catch you guys soon. Peace out from the Philly pod.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.